0: Hi, this is Andrew Pond, Artistic Director of Eclectic Full Contact Theater. I'd like to welcome you to this special preview episode of Monocyte, our upcoming sci-fi parody audio drama series launching March 24th. Both a parody of and homage to classic series such as Star Trek, Buck Rogers, and Space 1999, Monocyte tells the stories of the intrepid crew of the GMC, galactic medical cruiser Monocyte, as they travel the universe doing good and aiding the needy. Except their captain is narcissistic, ignorant, overly competent, and just possibly clinically depressed. Touching on topics such as toxic masculinity, colonization, and mental health, Monocyte will have you laughing, even as you think. What follows is an interview with the writers of Monocyte, Donaldson Cardenas and Nina Key, where they talk about the process, the problems with fan service, and what it's like to satirize a genre that they both really love. We hope that you enjoy. First question, how long have you been writing? Donaldson, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, I've been writing poetry for a little over 30 years. Um, I started when I was a teenager, uh, like a lot of people, and I kept with it. And it's, it's just, it's always been my first love. And once I started acting, Um, because I started acting relatively late in my life. Uh, it was an easy way for me to, uh, combine my new love of, of theater and making theater and my, my writing because poetry lends itself to playwriting, uh, pretty easy. So it's been, it's been about, uh, it's been about 13 years that I've done dramatic writing.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Nina.
2: Um, I too, <laughs> I too wrote sad, but po- well, mine was sad. I don't know. Yours is probably not a sad Donaldson. <laughs> I wrote a lot of sad poetry um, when I was like 12. Um, but uh, that's probably when I started uh, writing. I um, also, I mean, not that I have to take you through the entire history or anything, but um, I also journaled a lot um, as a teenager, and um, I started writing plays um, in 2000, and when did I go to college, 2008, is that really, or was it 2004, oh my gosh, I'm, I don't know, all the dates are like, they blur in, I don't know, how old am I, I don't even know, I spent the last year thinking I was 32. (laughs) Also, side note. (laughs) And um, that is not how old I am. I am older than that. So so I feel like all the dates are are bleeding in together. But um, yeah, so safe to say, uh, I have at least been writing uh, since 2008 um, stage plays. And um, uh, yeah, that was a horrible answer. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) No, no, it's fine. Look, it's late. It's been a long day, and that was great. Everybody's everybody, and and I don't think I don't think as a teenager you're allowed to write anything but sad poetry. Oh, no doubt,
1: no (laughs) doubt.
0: Yeah. Um. Now, is this the first time that you've collaborated on a piece with another writer? If it is, what was that like? And if it isn't, how what was this experience like as opposed to that experience? We'll throw it to Nina first on this one
2: um actually uh it's funny because uh the last audio drama project that i worked on was actually a collaboration and it was also a sci-fi piece <laughs> um, <so laughs> I was like, what? um and um it uh it was um with the parsnip ship um I am a part of their Radio Roots writers group and um, they uh, collaborated with MCC theater here in New York. And um, we did a six part audio series with uh, the other writers. Uh, There's four of us and uh, they're amazing, four amazing writers. It's different um, because it was shorter um, and oddly enough, um, we are all queer and we're all AFAB, assigned female, assigned female at birth. So it was just like a very particular uh vibe. Um but I'd say I the, the difference is probably that um coming together to work with three other minds can have like uh you know, it can be really great in terms of like brainstorming ideas, you know, um and things like that. And um there are also like some challenges to that, right? Like how do we decide on which story <laughs> on which one to go with in what direction and where? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this this process was just a little bit different also in that um Donaldson, when I came onto the project donaldson had um had kind of had these very a uh, very clear vision for the story and the characters and and things like that, and so I sort of um. I guess was more of a supporting actor in the film. <laughs> that is that's a terrible analogy, but you know, in this partnership that is a movie, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Metaphors are hard.
1: And 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 see, I would have to disagree. Uh uh, I might have had uh the uh the bones of the story and the characters mapped out, but uh you Uh, Nina brought so much to this that that made it better Uh, considering the fact that uh, we were trying to write about uh, issues uh, and we're trying to write about a a more uh, inclusive group of people. um, I think that you have been able to make this a much better idea than it started out. Uh, The idea was always about this toxic person. uh, Infecting the lives of other people, uh, but I think that there are a lot of things that in our conversations you and I uh, that that kept me honest and uh, uh, made this again, like I said, a much better thing than it, than it started out as. So, um, uh, as far as the differences between other collaborations go, honestly, I, I have to say that the 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 thing that's you know the elephant in the room, the thing that's made this the most difficult of all is 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 COVID. And the fact that other collaborations that I've done before, um, it, which I'll get to in a minute but other collaborations that I've uh, done before, we've been able to sit down uh, and meet regularly, uh, weekly, even, uh, in person, and just, you know, somebody would write something down and be able to pass it across the table, you know, and look, look at this. Uh, because my collaborative experiences in the past have all been with sketch comedy writing. Uh, I did a two-man sketch group that turned into an improv group because we found that was the better way for us to work. Um, I've worked with a friend of mine who's a magician, uh, directing him, but also helping him to write the pattern in his act. Um, and and a lot of that stuff was just so much more immediate. And uh, the 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 COVID has made this hard. Uh, but I feel like uh, through Zoom meetings and through emails, um, we've been able to do it.
0: Yes, I will agree. You definitely have been able to do it. Because this, I, I do not overstate when I say that, uh, that this series is uh, awesome. <laughs> um, uh, now, uh, is this the first audio drama? that you've ever written. Yes, I'll, for me, with, yes, absolutely,
1: yep. yeah, mm-hmm. the first time. Uh, I, uh, right before we shut down, uh, I actually was lucky enough to take uh, part in Death Scribe, which is uh, uh, a horror uh, festival of radio plays uh, as an actor. And so I got a little bit of a feeling for that, and then before that, I did a couple, again, as an actor, A couple of uh, holiday shows that were radio plays, but this is my first time as a writer.
0: And and Nina, no,
2: the first audio drama I have ever written is actually produced (laughs) by. It's actually Death and Grandmother Chet. Now, (laughs) on wherever podcasts can be heard. Yeah,
0: (laughs) which is which is on our (laughs) other podcast, Um, or will be. On Valentine's Day,
1: hey.
0: excellent. Um, I, I, now, Donaldson, you touched a little bit on 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 this. Both both of you kind of did because of the fact that we, with with COVID and, and 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 everything. But but describe this collaboration process I mean how did you break up the work what how how did you collaborate since you can't like sit down and just bounce ideas off of each other in a coffee shop or or somebody's living room and and scribble it all down how what what was the what was the division how did you decide how things were going to happen
1: well um so so I um uh, I got excited about this, and uh I went a little crazy and overboard and i I mapped out uh episode by episode where we were and 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 the different and and even went so far as to 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 look at different beats and stuff and Nina and I talked about it, and uh there were episodes that she wanted to write, and there were episodes that I asked her to write uh and there were very pointed reasons behind that uh uh i think that uh you wanted to write the uh progress ones because they're fun right yes. and 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 they were a little bit because they're outside of they're outside of continuity almost um and so it's 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 a little different uh to tackle um but i was also very very in favor of that because progress is a character that i love so very much that for me to write it would just be uh, it would be a mistake. It, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to see the the forest for the trees, kind of thing. It's just too close to the character because progress. You know, I, I, when I wrote up his description, you know, I, 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 I tongue and cheek wrote fan favorite, and it stuck because there's always that one character in sci-fi series that everybody loves, no matter how big or small their part happens to be. Um, so it was it was great. Uh, uh, that Nina wanted to write those because again I was too close. I also really wanted her to look at, um, and I'm glad she said yes. But I really wanted her to look at the uh, uh, later episode, Doctor Montana centric uh, episode, uh, because I am uh, a cis uh, hat male, and uh, I I don't, you know, I would rather look at what she uh, has to input. And follow that lead uh, when I do my other writing, then get things completely wrong from the get-go and have to have a, a, a total mess get mopped up
0: and, and and Nina, what was it like from 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 your from from your side what so that, that was kind of how you you broke things up, I guess uh, but but how how did you actually go about sharing? stuff and I mean did was it all okay, you I write these episodes, you write those episodes and then we hope that they kind of work or <laughs> what, what was what was sort of the mechanics of that sharing I mean about about getting back and forth and and, and, and doing all of that?
2: Yeah um, I think um, just because I didn't want to um, you know Donaldson had such a clear vision in his head. Um, And I wanted to focus on, uh, like Donaldson said, um, the episodes that were a little bit more outside of what was happening um, in the ship so that it could be, um, I had a little more freedom to like play with things um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like these uh, concrete story elements that need to happen in order for, um, you know, his vision to unfold. So um, we agreed actually in a (laughs) a one third split. So I wrote five episodes. Um, but in terms of like how we shared those kinds of things, I mean, I think we really thought about, um, I took all the progress episodes, so that was three right there. Um, and then I remember, um, yeah, I also remember you, uh, asked me to write specific episodes. Um, we kind of, I kind of went a lot with Donaldson's show Bible. He wrote, um, a long document, um, with character descriptions, um, episode descriptions, that kind of thing. Um, and we talked about themes um, and we kind of like at one point got together and was like, and I was like, will we'll do these. <laughs> I'm like doing hand gestures, but they get it. To-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Works great for radio. Thanks.
2: It's great for radio. <laughs> what kind of audio drama writer are you? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I think we kind of just chose based on, um, um, on that, on on what themes uh, it would be better if, you know, I like injected my um, perspective into and, and things like that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and
1: then we, go ahead. Would, and then we would share we would share, you know, drafts, you know, and and mm-hmm. and, and, and 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 I, I use a lot of that. Uh, a lot of the stuff is jumping off points. Um, it, English was always going to be what I wrote in and. Nina did some wonderful stuff with uh Frau and I'm like oh that's 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 got to oh, go in there where that's where stay in there.
0: where did where did that now now uh, is is did you actually go through the 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 trouble of like coming up with like a language or are you, just, are you just throwing words at? Cause it's like, nobody knows what this is. I mean, did you sit there and like, and like go, go full uh, avatar and create your own, is there a dictionary sitting somewhere in your, in your house?
1: I okay. actually have a 400 page uh, English to frog dictionary <laughs> that our Patreon subscribers can. No, that's all, it's all horseshit. That's horseshit.
0: I love it. I love it. Um where did I, that come from? I
2: chose specific words. Well, uh, as a as someone who also speaks Korean, um you know, so much of my experience is like um English, like Korean English, you know? And um like I mean even even when I get together with like other Korean American friends now, like there're just some words that can't be translated. I know in the series they talk about um the word defricteer and um and Frogon straight up says there is no translation in English, right mm, And so mm. I feel like so, so much of uh, Fralgonese was just um, just kind of like naturally the way that I think about uh, language and but no I, wow. <laughs> I did not create uh, a whole language um, but there are some words that I did make up and um, Uh, When I, you know, like close my eyes, sit at the computer and I'm like, how, how, how are Fralgon speaking? How, you know, um, how does all of that come out? Um, I, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people write this way, I hear a lot of people, (laughs) but I'm going to say something weird, which is like, you can kind of hear them speaking, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah,
1: yeah, no, that doesn't sound weird to me at all.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, you kind of just transcribe um, however that comes out yeah and
1: and my and my experience with language culturally is i' my mother tried to to teach my brother and I both Spanish as we were growing up, and uh, we didn't cotton to it. It just didn't work on us. We wanted to go outside and play um i I think that had my father also spoken Spanish, that might have stuck a little bit more, but you know being biracial it, you know um, and it's to my detriment, you know when my my grandmother passed away she forgot all of her English I couldn't speak to her if somebody had to translate for me so so for me I followed uh Nina's examples and tried to go with there and then when it came to curse words I just had fun
0: the series does tackle a lot of stuff and a lot of issues and 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 wonderful I I want to talk a little bit about Fralgon's pronouns because um while I think society is getting a lot more uh used to the concept of they them pronouns you 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 took Fralgon's non-binary nature and and went further than that. Uh, Fralgon doesn't use they them, they use we our. Um and uh, I know there was a question from a, a cast member early in in the rehearsal, what are the rules about when they use we and when people use our to refer to, 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 to Fraugan, how did you develop that? Who was it? A, was it a, please tell me it was both of you. Cause that would just make it too perfect. Um, but how, where, where did that come from and how did you develop the, 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 the rules of that? I wasn't
2: sure if you want to, you're going to answer or I was.
1: <laughs> I, I'm going I'm I'm to try. I'm going to okay, try okay. If, if I can. Sure. Uh, one, one, I have to uh, uh, thank Nina for guidance uh, and for help with that. Uh, uh, I have dated trans women and I have uh, uh, non-binary friends. Uh, but again, as I said before, cis male here. Cis, uh, cis mostly had males. Uh, here and uh, uh, the idea with uh, fraulgon's pronoun usage is that it's not just about being non-binary. It's, it's also about and and we we touched on it uh, tonight in rehearsal in in the episode that we we're talking about tonight. It's also about a plurality, um, because FrauGon is. And I'm going to use they, them here, but uh, Frogon sees themselves as a larger whole, a part of a larger whole. Um, our, I think is adopted by uh, Fralgons when we talk about the Fralgon's, uh the species, the race, the the, the people, um, but, but our main Fralgon, it's, it's a uh, a A need to let people know that they are more part of a bigger whole okay, and uh, the other thing about this is that it is so far in the future for me uh the the setting uh that I think that language uh is going to involve even further, and so uh it 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 it's going to sound uh clunky at times and it's going to sound uh uh hopefully not hopefully it's not going to sound like uh, you know tinnier, you know but uh it's going to sound different to people and i and i and i like that because i do feel like uh in addition to language evolving our consciousness is going to evolve
0: Nina do you have anything to to to, to add to to that whole
2: Thing. I do. Um, I think that there are so many different ways that people manifest and um, exist gender uh, gender-wise, um, and like I, I've heard so many, uh, I've heard of so many different pronouns: fae fair, uh, z. You know, there's just so many different ways, um, and uh, and freedom in in the way that um, that gender can. Can exist, and um, in this future world, because I think that in science fiction, the really uh, valuable way to look at that, like almost anthropologically, I guess, is that we're we're writing a vision for the future. We're writing a message for the future, and um, uh, especially when I wrote uh, Fralgon's homecoming episode, um, I really took aspects of um, Asian identity to write this episode and kind of create um, this this like backstory and world for Fralgon. And I thought it was a really beautiful way to express that part of Asian identity that, um, at least personally for me, um, that there is a sense of like Eastern uh, collective identity that exists um, in my community and, and several other communities. There's also like little aspects in that episode also that I also drew from um, different um, just different different things in like the pan-Asian community. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that um, well, <laughs> traditional dance is um, a, a combination of the tinikling uh, for <laughs> um, from the Philippines and also a Chinese pole. Um, there, yes. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. <laughs> and <also Love>
2: <laughs> and um, there was something, oh yes, um, the fact that like uh Thai, for example, is a uh, tonal language and um Vralganese as well. It just kind mm-hmm. of all came from um that pride i guess and in my identity so yeah
0: that's that that's that's wonderful and 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 i i I think that a lot of that comes through very very clearly i do want to talk to you i do want to talk to you a little bit about um because I know when 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 Don- donaldson when you and i first talked about this before um we we had a writing team to 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 do it before we even decided that we were going to go ahead with it there were a lot of things that you wanted to t- to sort of touch on and satirize in this particular show one of which uh, a lot of the tropes that show up in both sci-fi and also just media in in general things like the the the, the the trope that, the the trope everybody thinks of from, from horror movies, which is that, you know, only white people get out alive. Um, And, and I want to, I want to talk to you a little bit about that because of, you know, uh, not that I want to give away any spoilers, but um, there's a lot of death (laughs) in this particular, in this particular um, uh, uh, series. And uh, a lot of it happens to, the, the characters who would fulfill those that that trope how how do you how did you approach utilizing that to sat satirize it while still kind of having it happen?
1: It's a tough thing to satirize something and try to point out you know this is not the way it should be while following that same blueprint you know everybody knows that. You know it's it's the it's the young blonde white girl who makes it out alive she's the final girl you know in the horror movies and stuff there there have been some there have been some really awful realizations on my part as far as the story and the way it was you know uh, uh, planned and plotted out and uh, the only thing that 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 that's it's hard to talk about because uh, because i also don't want to give away any endings you know uh, right. so that's tough but um and i mean even from the very beginning uh the way i pitched this idea to you you know i feel like talking about that uh before people have heard it so it feels like it would be like uh selling too much um I think one of the ways that I've been able to get through it is by saying, I am very, very sorry. Uh, But that doesn't do anybody any damn good. So. uh, Can, can I answer that later?
0: (laughs) Sure. Sure. No, well, and, and I can also, I can also talk to, I can also talk to, 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 to to Nina about it because I mean, some of this also uh, happens in, in episodes that you that you wrote. And so the, 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 the question is, uh, you, you know, just how, how did you approach things like things like that in order to, 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 to deal with that and, and not have people go, Oh, well, all they're doing is they're just doing the same thing that everybody else does. How, how did, what were some things that you did to, to try to get around that?
2: Um, I, Every, every time I, I sit and write <laughs> the computer, um, I hope that whatever comes out is going to be a healing experience um, for myself and everyone involved in the process. And I think that means like me, when I write it, it means um, the people who are reading it, um, the people who are acting it, um, and you know the people who will eventually see it, like everybody that's involved in that process. So um, I, did stress. <laughs> I did stress a lot about, you know, am I writing things um, that are going to be harmful um, that are going to, you know, if we're imagining the future, uh, I mean, what does that mean? Especially now, uh, pandemic, um, BLM protests, like what what does that really mean right now to like put out more stuff that that could be harmful in some way um, to already marginalized communities, you know, like no one needs that, right? So um yeah, no, I did I <laughs> really stressed out over I thought and thought I thought and thought. Um I brought my um my episodes to um a wonderful writing group that I am a part of um and that I facilitate um just to have more eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Um but there were some things that um uh, for example, one of the uh, episodes that Donaldson has me write is based on a Star Trek episode, which I cannot remember now, but Luaria is based on, what's the title of that episode? Or the character? Oh God,
1: I, 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 God. <laughs> I'm so bad at trivia. I, I remember all of these things, but I didn't <laughs> never remember like the specifics, like the, the episode. The, the, right? the, uh, no, the, the that's slave right. girl, right?
2: Right, right, right. The, the slave Ryan girl. slave girl. Right and um the oriental the Ori I can't say this word <laughs> it's so horrid my motherform words <laughs> the Orientalism um, that exists in um, a lot of, uh, I mean still now, unfortunately, but um, mm-hmm. you know in in past uh, media uh, representation. and um, so I had to think really carefully about Luaria and how I was going to do this. Um, and I thought, what if I just literally made her a dragon lady? like she is a literal dragon lady. <laughs> she hisses, she burns people's faces off, like mm-hmm. she's angry, um but uh, I try to take that and kind of make that subversive, you know, like what does it mean that I, an Asian woman, am writing about uh the stereotype and and how can I um
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, like internalize that and you know have it be something that feels more subversive than um and then contributing to that but i mean hopefully we did a
1: good job it's It's it's, it's tough it's tough because so much of this is written with a with a with a big huge wink to the audience right you know and and um that's that's not enough anymore that's like somebody saying something extremely rude and offensive and saying well it's just a joke you know right but it's still the approach you know Mm -hmm. it's like hey wink I'm winking right now for those of you listening <laughs> um, uh the Luraria character was also supposed to be uh, uh evocative of of Ming the merciless daughter from Flash Gordon who's just mm-hmm. an ex- no matter which version of that that franchise you you watch it's just a terrible terrible yellow face character and it's just disturbing and wrong, but all of these um um all of these series are guilty of that, you know. That, and I think that was one of the things that, uh, uh, to look, you know, one of your, uh, your other characters about what drew me to the story is that all of these franchises have these, um, uh, you know, diverse, inclusive, you know, uh, cast of characters, uh, but there's still these bizarre stereotypes that we should have outgrown a long time ago and haven't, mm-hmm. you know.
0: So, so, so I guess that this will get down sort of what drew you to want to tell this particular story and um I'm going to let I'm going to ask Nina actually first on this since since you did as you as you pointed out Donaldson had like a lot of this already figured out in his head. So what made you want to jump on board. To, to whatever the hell that Donaldson was doing uh, in, in the first place.
2: Um, I, first and foremost, I feel like my strength is probably uh, like, like if I had a brand, right, <laughs> it would be like magical fantasy stuff. Uh, the occasional horror and like big sad, <laughs> with a little light dusting of of laughing here and there. Hopefully, I mean yeah. who knows how funny I am. But um, uh so yeah, I I I sat there, Andrew, <laughs> when we talked that very first time, and you, and you described um all the different projects that you had going on, um and there there was something that drew me. I think it was uh, that sort of sci-fi aspect, um, the things that could be possible um, if you uh, are like co-creating this, this whole world, right? This whole universe even. Um, so I'd say that was probably the first, uh, like, you know, like my antenna went up or whatever. And the second thing is probably, um, uh, an email that Donaldson sent me I asked him, what are you interested uh, in telling the story? And he said, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to butcher it terribly, Donaldson, but <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> something about like racism and it's twin evils, capitalism. And I'm sorry, I don't really remember. But anyway, <laughs> there was something in that email, that description that he had um, that was also very intriguing um, in terms of Uh, looking to the forward to critique the present, I think. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Donald, uh, Donaldson, uh, what, what is it that made you want to want to do this? And can you remember what you wrote?
1: Um, email? yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I think it's the, it's the twin evils of capitalism and classism, um, that, uh, that really kind of spark, uh, the 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 larger fire that is racism um but you know what do i know um no i i i definitely think that there's there's a there's a, a racist problem uh in this country uh nobody needs to hear me say that but i think that uh without uh capitalism and uh classism fueling that uh it wouldn't get as far but the 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 big driver was the idea of Toxic masculinity that just just throws oil on everything that it comes close to. Um, and uh, my reason for, for 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 wanting to tell this story is is it's twofold. One, uh, love of the genre, you know, just absolute love of the genre, and being so in love with the genre of science fiction and speculative fiction. I also see the things that are wrong with it and the things that are wrong with it. Like I said before, you know, you have a, a, a crew that is, uh, you know, everybody on the planet together on one bridge. And yet we're still uh, colonizing when we go to a new planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still such this, this uh, 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 spirit of imperialism that goes on even in the most well-meaning of shows. And so I think that there's a big part of me that also, uh, that that does recognize that and wanted to talk about that. I also wanted to talk about fandom and the toxicity of fandom. There's that, you know, uh, it's why one of the episodes is an audiobook, because, you know, everything is merchandised. Everything is, is uh, uh, that's why that, uh, you know, we have a character like Progress who was the fan favorite, you know, um, you give the fans what they want and it, it damages things. I hope that we haven't done that. I don't think we have, but uh, my other reason for wanting to tell the story is also very personal. And that is uh, my own dealings with my own mental health issues uh, and how that has ruined uh, parts of my life and relationships that I've had with people despite my of intentions uh my own uh inability to ask for and seek out help at times in my life uh things could have been very different in my life i'm very happy where i'm at right now um but i'm still you know seeking that sort of help and i feel like speculative fiction is a great place to explore that kind of
0: stuff and 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 i i i remember when we talked about it i i i came away going well is there anything you don't want to talk about in this series? because uh, <laughs> there was so much, but i think I think that's one great thing about science fiction is that you can that that genre almost more than any other, allows for for the exploration of these like large, big, wide ranging subjects. Now, last last and and, and probably most important uh, oh, sure. question of the of the entire thing is, what's your favorite piece of sci-fi media? I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go quite so crazy as going Star Trek or Star Wars, uh, but (laughs) we don't need that kind of fight. But uh, what is, but but what is, what is your favorite sort of sci-fi media or story? What, what, what if if you had to pick one and you do, because I'm asking you to, what would, (laughs) what what would, what would it, what would it be? uh, Uh, Nina cuz I know you're so good at, at answering those questions. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you first.
2: <laughs> um Olivia Butler's parable of the sower.
0: Parable <laughs> of the
2: Parable Par- of the Sower.
0: <laughs> parable of the sword?
2: Sower. Sower. S O W E R.
0: S O W E R. Okay, and tell 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 what give me a look because I don't I am not familiar. And some of our audience might not be familiar. so a, a brief a brief you know summary of what what is this?
2: so um, it's this it's about a young black woman who's living in a dystopian future, and she lives in a gated community. Um, and eventually that community falls down and in, is invaded. And she uh, starts a colony called Earthseed. She has these like really beautiful lines, Olivia Butler, about like God is change and um, the destiny of humanity is to take root in the stars. And uh, there's just something so cool about that. (laughs)
0: Lovely, that's lovely. Donaldson, what's your favorite? What's your favorite sci-fi media book, show, movie, whatever franchise? Because they're all franchise.
1: This is the question, uh, uh, honestly. That I've dreaded the most. Uh,
0: that's everybody's answer. When I yeah. ask them for a favorite anything, that's everybody's uh, yeah. answer. It's like, what, just one?
1: <laughs> um, exactly. You know, uh, I, I I love the Alien franchise because I love that mix of horror and sci-fi. Uh, and I think that it's something that, that, that is, is interesting because each of those movies is very different from each other. Alfie Bester's *The Star Is My Destination* is a is a just a wonderful, wonderful sci-fi book. Incredibly misogynist, incredibly sexist, and it's it's oh, it's painful. I reread it not too long ago, and it's like oh. But I think that's uh, that's so much of the genre, you know. It's it's just it's hard. It's really hard. And so looking towards uh, feminist writers like uh, Butler and uh, James Tiptree Jr uh' is a, is a a panacea because the the genre itself is so toxic but i i, I think I, I think that would have to be my answer is is is, is the alien franchise uh because they, I mean you want to talk about world building and I mean there's so much that they have it, and and both in good ways and bad ways uh as far as like you know and fan service oh my gosh there's so much fan service in that franchise uh but I also really do Start my destination.
0: Well, I, I I want that is I, I promise that's all I have for you now. I'm not gonna I'm <laughs> not I'm I, it's, that was I we we went a bit we went a bit far afield, but you you you've both put together a, a series that that attempts to tackle so many things. I wanted to make sure that we we touched on some of those things that are specific to this show, and, and I and I do want to thank you on not only on behalf of myself but everybody here at uh, Eclectic for. Doing this and, and taking this on and being willing to uh, give of your time and your talents to create this thing, uh, it, it really has been an, an an awesome process, and I'm I'm so glad that we uh, as eclectic got to be a part of it.
1: Uh, thank you for taking a chance on this because uh, it's it's a weird idea, and it goes to some really weird places. Uh, thank you to Nina for making this better. I'll keep saying that. I'll keep saying that. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Both of
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, readers out there. <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> thank
0: you, listeners like you. Listener. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And if you and if you are interested in that four hundred page Franglais dictionary, I'm right on if it. We get, if we get enough. If we get enough <laughs> donations, we might just make it. Thanks for listening to this special preview episode of Monocyte. If you are interested in finding out more about this or any of our other upcoming audio drama series podcasts, check us out at eclectic-theater.com. If you'd like to support this podcast directly, you can do so at redcircle.com/shows/monocyte. M O N O C Y T E. Or you can check us out at patreon.com/efct. Where your monthly pledge gets you access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content and some sweet, sweet merchandise, so you can be the coolest fan in the entire galaxy. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you back here as we boldly go where no podcast has gone before. I'll just show myself out.